This episode is brought to you by Graybar. Graybar is a trusted and leading North American distributor of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products that supports projects of any industry, construction, hospitals, industrial plants, schooling, and more. Yep, Graybar does that. Graybar operates with one clear mission, to serve as the vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. But here's what makes them different from the competition. Being able to effectively navigate supply chains to get products on-site and on-time is crucial these days. And Graybar's nationwide logistics network, with over 290 locations across the country, assists owners and professionals build and maintain the operations in their electrical, communications, and industrial world by providing them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget. Yep, Graybar does that. To view more information on their services, head to graybar.com. That's G-R-A-Y-B-A-R.com. Yep, Graybar does that. This episode is brought to you by Modern Mammals at modernmammals.com, where you get 10% off when you use the code GOLFSMARTER. Now, if you were to ask me what my greatest asset was, you may be surprised that I wouldn't take more than a blink of an eye to tell you that it was my hair. Every barber I've had in my life raves about my hair. And even today, I get jealous comments because I still have a full head of healthy hair. Well, that's why I'm so happy that we have Modern Mammals showing their support for the Golf Smarter community. Modern Mammals' goal is to keep your hair and head natural. That means they don't distort your pH balance and natural oils like normal shampoos would. And unlike shampoos, the products from modern mammals don't have harsh detergents that suds up and dry out your hair and head. And unlike conditioners, they don't leave your hair limp and frizzy. Instead, they lightly clean your hair and scalp, cleansing hair while protecting its strength and texture. And their products are designed to make your hair feel thicker. So go to ModernMammals.com and use the code GOLFSMARTER. That's one word, GOLFSMARTER, for 10% off. That's ModernMammals.com. And use that GOLFSMARTER checkout code for 10% so they know that we sent you. And there's a link in our show notes to go directly to the GOLFSMARTER landing page. ModernMammals.com. We get email after email all the time, multiple times every single week with the exact same story, which is I showed up, my friends started giving me all kinds of They were making fun of me for about three holes. They got a little quiet after another three holes. And then at the turn, every single one of them is on their phones, checking out the website, trying to figure out how they can get one. And it is the same story over and over and over and over and over again. And it's just been so fun to watch these little explosions. It sounds like you had one. You got yours. And then a few months later, two of your good buddies got one. And I think we just set up one of your friends with a Mez. Hi, this is Bill Hilton from Naperville, Illinois, and I play at the Links of Caroline. Golf Smarter number 828. I'm happy to welcome back the sponsor of this week's episode, Dynamic Golfers, who've developed a golf-specific exercise program that works. Stay tuned to hear you can win a year-long membership to Dynamic Golfers. Stop fighting with your putter. That's the advice we get from CEO of Lab Golf, Sam Hahn. This is Golf Smarter. 
sharing stories, tips, and insights from great golf minds to help you lower your score and raise your golf IQ. Here's your host, Fred Green. Welcome back to the Golf Smarter Podcast, Sam. Thank you so much for having me, Fred. Happy New Year, my friend. And a Happy New Year to you. Oh, and let's hope it's a profitable, successful, um, COVID-free year for you and all your employees and friends, family, and everybody listening in this world right now. Sure. I will hope for all that, and I will not expect it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So um, we're going to talk about your your putting line, lab golf, and the uh, directed force putters, lie angle balance, why lab golf is lie angle balance. But for those who have not met you before, not heard anything, give the elevator pitch for lab golf. Um, lab golf has two patents, um, one of which in particular uh, is a physics equation that when you apply it to a putter allows the putter to stay perfectly square to the arc all by itself. Um, it's a literal self-squaring putter. And let's take that a little deeper now that we've gotten out of the elevator and you've got my attention. Let's go a little bit further because I know some putters, like there's some really expensive putter out there that are face balanced and there are some very expensive putters out there that are heel balanced, but why is lie angle balanced a better way to go? Uh, put most simply, um, in one hand is uh, a putter that stays square all by itself. And in the other hand is all of the putters that you just mentioned, which are from a <laughs> physics standpoint, actively working to have the face be anywhere other than where we actually want it. Um, and yeah, we have, um, you know, putters from $70 all the way up to the thousands, um, all designed around, um, this narrative about, um, face balance versus toe hang. And one of those being better for one kind of stroke or another. Um, and, uh, you know, at lab, we can't possibly wrap our heads around why you would choose anything other than a putter that's designed to go where you're trying to go. Um, and none of those other putters do. Um, and you know, over the years, the, the different manufacturers have needed a, they've needed a story. They've needed a marketing pitch. And, um, consequently this narrative, uh, about, um, you know, the, a putter somehow requiring, um, an element of torque and twisting in order to fit your natural motion. Um, you know, that's what they're pitching, but with our technology and with, uh, the device that we use to prove our technology, um, you can see pretty clearly that this narrative just simply doesn't hold water. Um, and you can see in real life that this narrative about one being better, uh, for a certain type of stroke or another doesn't hold water. Uh, Patrick Cantley is the, the best example, um, in recent memory. I mean, there's tons of examples, but, um, uh, Cantley was, you know, has been one of the, the elite putters on tour since he came out on tour. Um, absolutely stunning motion. Um, I've had the pleasure of watching him put up close and it's absolutely remarkable. Um, he won a U.S. amateur and played most of, uh, his PGA tour career with a, a Newport two, which is, you know, a, a ping answer and, um, a pretty heavy, uh, toe hang putter and, uh, was extremely successful with it. Um, 
it got a little bit cold on him um, sometime in the middle of last season. And he started messing around, and he ended up um, in from a torque profile perspective the exact opposite of what he had been using. He's got a big honking single bend face balanced, um, uh, kind of not quite oversized, but uh, large um, mallet um, that he's using now and ran the tables at the end of last season with that putter. And so nothing about his stroke changed um, his, the amount of gate, the amount of arc, um, the path, the angle of attack, none of these things changed. Um, and lo and behold, despite that, you know, the narrative suggests he definitely needs that Newport two putter. Um, all of a sudden he's, you know, pretty much the best putter on a planet with a putter that according to, you know, most of the manufacturers shouldn't work for him, but it does. And why do you think that's so that it works for him? I, I think because scar tissue, I think that, um, I think you miss enough putts with a given putter um, and your body kind of somewhat subconsciously recognizes the signs, you know, the feelings in your hands when you're about to miss that putt. And so um, just sort of breaking, um, breaking the cycle and, and, and working around your scar tissue um, can be, can help you be successful. Just something different. Um, and I know this better than anybody. I mean, I, before lab, um, I, I was riding different. That was my, I mean, I, I, I truly was intentionally switching putters every single round of golf I played, even if I'd putted well the round before, because, wow. because of the power of different, the power of being in discovery mode. And, and there's not a golfer on the planet that hasn't had that moment that hasn't had the moment where they pick up somebody else's putter or something that they found at the store and they just absolutely can't miss. And, you know, from a science perspective, my best, you know, understanding of that is that, you know, the torque profile of whatever they were using had, had run its course. You were reacting to it uh, differently throughout the stroke. And then all of a sudden you got a putter that, that feels different in motion. You react differently in motion and the results are different. And, um, occasionally the results are great and you're like, Oh, I should have been using this putter the whole time. And then, you know, go check on that same person with that same putter two weeks later. And I guarantee you they're back to their old putter or onto another one or whatever. And so there's, there is power in different. And then as soon as you start scarring yourself up with different, um, you're back to square one and just looking for, for, uh, you know, uh, something to feel fresh, something to put you back in discovery mode. Um, so many things that you said there, I want to unpack. Um, and, and the concept of reacting versus acting during your motion. Let's, let's yeah. pick that one apart. Cause that was really interesting. Yeah. I mean, and that's, uh, that's what it is. Um, and whether we, um, acknowledge it or, you know, certainly at the, at the lower, you know, the amateur level, um, whether we even know that we're feeling what we're feeling, uh, we are absolutely reacting um, to what we're feeling in our hands. And if you take a minute to go putt, you know, maybe hit some six footers focusing on really, really, really light grip pressure, um, or even just take your thumbs entirely off the putter, you're going to start to notice that that putter is trying to move. It's trying to spin mm -hmm. one direction or another. If you've got a face balance putter, um, as soon as you put it in motion on the way back, it's trying to open. 
um, and is trying to fall to the inside. Um, a toe hang putter, as soon as you put it in motion, is actually trying to shut. Um, and so if you, you know, lighten up the grip pressure enough and actually put your attention on what you're feeling, you're going to feel the thing move. And if you're telling me that your body isn't reacting to that, um, I just don't believe you. And so, uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, we, we, we all react to these different, um, these different torque profiles of these different putters. And then that's why lab is so profound because, um, now there's no more reacting to the snake in your hand. Now, uh, now putting becomes, and I, you know, I say this all the time, it becomes, uh, so much more like every other stroke sport or, or motion that you would make where you're not fighting the instrument. Um, you know, when you're throwing a dart, you're counting on the fact that when you release it, it's going to fly in the direction that you released it. Um, there's no, you know, if, if the dart was missing a fletching or had, you know, part of, part of the trick was, you know, dealing with a, a, a asymmetrical weight on, on a dart, it would be a very different game, sure. you know, managing, managing, trying to get a thing to fly straight. That's not trying to fly straight would be the focal point, but because we can count on a dart flying straight, the target is our focal point. And that's what, um, that's what lab allows you to do is all of a sudden you get to ditch all this craziness with what kind of grip should I be using and how should I be standing? And, um, what's the proper way to manage the putter face and what is square? What does square feel like? Um, you know, all these different things are just out the window. And now we get to look at the ground and we look at the hole and we react to the target instead of reacting to the instrument in our hands. All right. Uh, We're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk more about how that impacts us, not the guys on tour. Sure. Okay. Okay. We'll be back right after this. I'm very happy to welcome back Dynamic Golfers as the sponsor of this episode. Dynamic Golfers is a golf-specific exercise program that works. You may remember back to last spring when I first introduced you to Dynamic Golfers. In that time, we've also featured many fitness instructors on this show who repeat over and over on the importance of fitness, mobility, and flexibility as a path to game improvement. You've also heard me talk about my personal quest to become a better golfer and the variety of swing methods, diets, even supplements that I've tried over the years to help lower my score. But let's just look at the facts. When I started this podcast in 2005, I was an 18 handicap. I started doing dynamic golfers workouts back in April of 2021, a month before they started sponsoring the podcast. At that time, my handicap was a very satisfying 11.4. And I was diligent about doing the 15 to 20 minute video session each morning. And by the time the campaign finished in July, my index had dropped to 9.1. But just because they didn't renew, I still continued to do the workouts. Maybe not as dedicated, but still doing it three to four times each week and definitely the morning of each round. Yesterday, I completed workout number 154 of 419 of their daily stretching and mobility workouts. As of today, my handicap is down to 8.8. Is it my meat-free diet? Eh, Maybe. Is it my lab golf putter? Possibly. But the one consistent thing I've done is dynamic golfers. 
So you can spend thousands of dollars for an annual gym membership and not get any help that's specifically designed for golfers, or you can sign up for the seven-day free trial at dynamicgolfers.com slash golfsmarter and get yourself on track to feel better and play better. That's dynamicgolfers.com slash golfsmarter. And stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear how you can win an annual membership valued at $90. I'm so excited to have them back on the podcast because I can honestly say that it works for me. And I think it'll work for you too. Dynamicgolfers.com slash golfsmarter. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Sam, for most golfers, they're not, you know, most amateur golfers. I don't, I don't want to talk about tour guys. I don't want to talk about club champions and, and the, the five and under handicap guys. But for most of us, um, we're not sure what it feels like to do it right. And sure. we probably are fighting our putter every single time. Uh, there's nobody, I don't care what your handicap is, there's nobody who's not standing over the ball going, I got this, I got this, I got maybe I don't got this. <laughs> right? Exactly. You know, it's like, you're always going to be questioning it. And you're always like, I, I think I got, I, yeah, I got the line. I got the line. I'm good. I hope. Right. No, there's always doubt. Um, that that is doubt. what separates um, us from the guys on TV. Um, yeah. Even to a fault, they have no doubt. Um, right. uh, w- yeah, even the on the short I've... ones, they have no doubt. You see, and they look at their caddy like, what happened? What happened? It's like, come exactly. on, guys, really? The ground happened. <laughs> you pulled it. We know you pulled it. <laughs> um, but no, denial is a, a very powerful and useful tool out there on tour. And not just um, a river in Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, most of us, um, can't feel one, can't feel, you know, what correct is. Um, and what, one of the really interesting things, um, most golfers, you know, aren't like me and you, you know, you and I are, are somewhat obsessive and we think about the game a lot and we're rolling putts in our living room and we're watching all the events and we're talking to golfers all the time. I put one in my backyard. I put a whole green putting green in the backyard. You'd be, now we're talking, now we're talking, but, uh, you know, the average, um, player doesn't do that. The average player, you know, pulls the sticks out of the garage, you know, three to 10 times a year. Um, they just want to go hang out and have some fun with their friends. And it doesn't mean that they're not engaged when they're on the golf course trying to make putts, but they're not lying awake at night thinking about torque and putters. And so, um, one of the, one of the funny things that I've noticed is, is that most people are actually under the impression 
that their putter stays square by itself. And they find, you know, like I, I've seen it, you know, at, at my club when I see some guy just, you know, out on the putting green grinding and I've done it. I have totally, you know, been so frustrated with my putting and I go and I set up a four footer on the putting green to try and figure out what's going on. And I've, I've worked myself into believing like, okay, if I just stay really steady, the putter should just arrive back where it started. You know, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily like a, a, a conscious level, but we were we were under the impression that it should be simple right you know that's what's frustrating about it that's what's so infuriating about missing a four-foot putt is that the hole's right there <laughs> it's right there and the, like how could it be possible that this putter did not strike the ball in a direction where it just goes in and oh, no, i'm absolutely convinced the hole moves as soon as i stroke the ball oh yeah and you know that because you keep your head down, right? You never even see it. Yeah, there you go. Don't point at me. <laughs> um, and so, you know, people people have been treating putters like darts and bowling balls and basketballs mm-hmm. um, to a fault because they're not. They do require other putters besides ours require um, a level of management that is really, really, really challenging. Um, you want to have soft hands and soft forearms and all of this, because that's how we are when we're trying to stroke something smoothly. Well, if you do that with a putter, you got to find that perfect marriage between relaxation and tension in order to manage the putter face. Um, and you can't just stay perfectly smooth and, um, and soft because the putter's going to get out of control on you. Um, and then, you know, enter lab, uh, it no longer does. But there are so many putters out there that you see on tour and that influences people more than anything, you know, in their purchases is not just the commercials in between the rounds, but you know, there's, there's a guy using the Scotty Cameron, right? All these Scotty putters out there. And everyone's like, I got a Scotty Cameron. It's like, yeah, but do you know what to do with it? And do you know why you have it? Is it just because it's the brand name or because Tiger made him? Yeah. You know, Tiger just, launched him into the stratosphere as far as sales but is that necessarily a i don't want to say a good putter is that necessarily the right putter for amateur golfers no it's like it's totally not and like obviously i have a an a a crazy bias so i i try to kind of tread lightly here to um not sound like you know crazy cult leader guy but like again no, it's not the right putter. It's not the right putter for anyone. I don't even think it's the right putter for the guys on tour because Ouch. why wouldn't you want the one that stays square by itself? <laughs> you know, like there's, uh, Calm I, down, I, bro. I, I just don't know who could possibly convince me that over a period of, you know, time that a putter that's actively seeking to arrive back where you pointed it is somehow not as effective as one that is actively working away from the target. Um, so no, they're not the right putters for, for most people. Um, our putters are, um, you know, one one of the coolest things about being, you know, four years into this journey now is seeing where my, where, where our customers are four years later. Mm. Um, and, uh, and having some real data now and having, you know, real experiences that people have dealt with. And, um, I have only grown infinitely more confident, 
um, that this is a better mousetrap. Um, the, my, my, one of my favorite things, whenever I get, you know, down in the dumps, just dealing with everything other than customers, whether it's, you know, head covers from overseas or sourcing shafts or, you know, just all the, 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 the general stuff of running a business. And, um, I sort of lose sight on what it is that we're doing, which is just trying to make the game a little bit more fun. Um, I jump over to golf WRX and golf WRX has, um, uh, a thread that according to them is pretty much the all time best, uh, members testing thread. Um, hmm. it's gone on for over two and a half years now. Uh, it started with the original 10 people that we, um, that we sent putters to, um, to test. And these are people that, you know, live to talk crap about putters. You know, they, they want to <laughs> do the tests and they want to find everything wrong with it and nitpick it and, you know, and all the stuff. And there's a reason they call um, them critics. Exactly. And now there's, I think, 80 pages. Um, gosh, I wish I could uh, remember how, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of comments. Um, and short of the fact that the directed force is ridiculous looking, you won't find a negative comment. You really, really? won't. Like, you no. I mean, it's, 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 you know, like a couple hundred pages, 80 pages, whatever the hell it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's hours and hours and hours of reading. Um, and one after another, um, you know, you'll see, you'll hear people like, Hey, I got it. Feels good. I can definitely feel there's something different here, but the ball's not going in just yet. And then a week later they're posting, you know, I just went around in 25 putts. I just shot my all time greatest round ever. Um, and these people keep coming back to check in and, and talk about their experience. And, and even on positive, um, comments with other putters, you know, on those, in that same forum, you know, the stuff that you'll hear is, oh my God, this thing is so sexy. Oh my God, it fits my eye. Oh, I love the sound. I love the feel. Um, you know, all of these things that have absolutely no impact whatsoever on your score. And then you read um, ours and it's like, I'm making more putts than I ever have. I've never been more confident inside of 10 feet. My lag putts are tappins, you know, like actual progress in their game. And, uh, so, you know, I think I don't remember. I think the original question had something to do with is that Scotty Cameron the right putter for um, for your game? <laughs> you know, I'm not one to completely discount the um, the joy of pulling, you know, a beautiful handcrafted, hand milled um, answer style putter out of a head cover and onto a green. I still, I have a few that sit over there by my putting mat and, um, I like to look at them every once in a while and I like to, um, to mess around and, and get all nostalgic, but holy crap, do I like making birdies a lot more than I like looking at my, uh, my old putters. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to, we're going to take another break, but, um, I, I want to keep going with the, the visual, the look, the the comments that you get from your playing partners when yeah. you pull out your DF two. So we'll I think I should that. interview you about that. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here goes, and we'll do that after we come back. Right after this. If you're a woman over forty dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. 
And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. So many people, um, when they're looking at golf clubs and putters, it's like, it just looks right to me. It ju- I just like the way it looks when I'm looking down at it. And then you pull out the DF2, which uh, is what I play, and now am willing to put on gloves to fight over. If somebody <laughs> wants to pull that out of my bag, it's like, no, 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 no. Because like you said a minute ago, my, my, my lag putting has vastly improved, and now I'm, you know, tap-ins and inside, you know, inside of eight feet, I don't even go to 10 feet, but inside eight feet, I'm much more confident. I'm much more consistent. I mean, I'm getting guys going, that's good. Yeah. You've been doing it all day. Just pick it up. You're good. It's like, right. right? Love that. Um, But then there's also the, what's with the Starship Enterprise on your putter? What, what is that thing? Um, And it's like, yeah, look at this buddy. And then look at the scorecard. Exactly. I, uh, I mean, one of the things that's funny about the way that the directed force looks is is that um i'm sure there's some psychological term for how this goes but you uh am i allowed to swear on your show well depends how far you go because i i have had emails from yeah i mean i've had emails (laughs) from listeners going my kids in the back seat man (laughs) like i'm sorry this one out but everybody takes so much shit when you bring this putter onto the green, there's nobody, there's nobody yeah, that, that word's is, acceptable, is, even on TV these days. So thank you. Good work. I All right. Good. It. Um, so, uh, everybody takes shit. And, um, when you're defending something, um, I think it, it creates a, a, a sense of attachment, you know? And so, um, our customers and the, in the DF users end up very, very devout, you know, um, followers of the technology because um of, of of having to deal with all of their friends giving them so much crap and so we get you know email after email all the time multiple times every single week um with the exact same story which is i showed up my friends started giving me all kinds of crap um they were making fun of me for about three holes they got a little quiet after another three holes And then at the turn, every single one of them is, you know, on their phones, checking out the website, trying to figure out how they can get one. And it it is the same story (laughs) over and over and over and over and over again. And, um, and it's just been so fun to watch these little explosions. It sounds like you had one, you got yours. And then, um, you know, a few months later, two of your, two of your good buddies got one. And I think we just set up, uh, one of your friends with a Mez and, um, you know, like I, I ha- and I have friends. I mean, I have people, um, I got a buddy. This is one of my favorites is like some of my people that I play with. I think they feel a little awkward about you know, the ones that haven't switched yet, you know, which at this point is, you know, almost none, but you know, the ones that haven't switched yet, I think feel a little bit awkward about it and playing with me with their, you know, whatever they have. And, uh, a good buddy of mine, um, big B, we play a lot of golf together. He's a big fella. Um, and he, um, played in college, crazy Ooh. talent. Um, and you know, really good, strong player. 
Um, and he had his grandfather's 8813, um, like a, you know, like a straight L blade, like a 8802. It's, um, uh, Wilson, you know, straight L blade. There's no technology into this, um, in this putter whatsoever. I mean, this is, um, similar to what Bobby Jones was using and Crenshaw and all them. So, and he would just, you know, was very proud of it, was very proud of the fact that he was using his, um, his grandfather's putter and, uh, and he was a pretty good putter. He was okay. Um, putted better with it than I certainly would have with that little technology in, in a putter. And, um, you know, I'd flick him some grief, you know, every round we played. Every time he'd miss one of the six footers, I'm like, oh, there you go. There's technology for you. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and so it got to the point where he was stubbornly just wouldn't, you know, try my putter. Finally, you know, grabs, grabs mine on a, you know, 12th, 13th hole somewhere, hits a few putts. Hmm, that's that's kind of interesting. Next round does the same thing, grabs it and wiggles it. Next round, you know, uses mine the last four holes. And at this point, Brian is probably our biggest fan out there, and wow. you know, d- ditching his his eighty eight eighty eight thirteen, and um, you know, and swore up and down he would never ever ever put something so ugly and atrocious looking and gimmicky and whatever in his bag. Um, and now just like everybody else who uses one, you just can't imagine using anything else. Everything else feels like a snake. Well, I'll tell you what happened to me is I started, um, using, I was using, um, my putter from, I don't even want to say it anymore, but I I got your putter (laughs) a while back and, and and in a long time, (laughs) listeners know what I was playing with. I just can't remember because I blocked that out of my, my memory. Um, there we go. But uh, so I started using yours and it was, it was good. I was really struggling with my lag putting on it. And then um, interviewed uh, Barney Adams about his latest endeavor, which are these shafts that he believes that, you know, there's still torque that happens when you hit a ball and it can just go offline. Even one degree is going to make a difference. And they, you know, these stability shafts that he created, put that on it, and it just changed everything for me, including the sound, um, which to me was much better. But then now I am just, I feel really good, really confident um, with that shaft on it as well. And you talked about uh, torque uh, and shafts. Um, so that really does make a difference. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the torque, the torque that we are, um, uh, that we're talking about is on the face, um, is it, you know, different axis than the shaft. And so, um, we, what they're talking about, what Barney's talking about and some of these other manufacturers like LAGP and now Acra, who's, um, um, been working with us, um, putter shafts do flex, um, and people wouldn't normally consider it. Um, and in the past, um, people had put um, feel over function. So, uh, in fact, in the past, putter shafts had gone 180 degrees the other way of where they're going now, where people used to put really soft shafts in their putter because they feel sweet. Um, uh-huh. And uh, Cameron, in fact, notably, when he was first starting to, to bring some of his, you know, hand milled stuff out on tour was putting these whippy little ladies, uh, flex shafts in them, um, because they felt super duper sweet. Um, but doing so to the detriment of, of performance. And just like in a driver, um, if you have a shaft that's too soft, 
And the tempo on one swing varies from one swing to the next. Um, you're going to get different results because the shaft's going to kick at a different point in the swing, and um, and you know you're going to you're going to start hitting the ball all over the place. And so the same thing with the putter. Obviously, it's not quite as extreme. The results aren't as obvious. Um, but finally, there's been some independent testing, not just from the manufacturers, on the the impact of these shafts, um, and it's not insignificant. Um, and so uh, to eliminate the putter shaft flexing and then recovering at various points throughout the stroke um, and, and to mitigate, uh, you know, the, the negative effects that that has um, uh, Barney, the LAGP guys, Acra, and now pretty much everyone, everyone's getting in the putter shaft game. Um, they're making these ridiculously stiff shafts, which we always could have done. Um, but when people would try it in the past with like a, you know, just tipping out an X 100, shaft you know steel shaft and making it crazy stiff it just felt like crap um and so what barney has done and all these other manufacturers has found a way to make a ridiculously stiff shaft that feel pretty good um and the and the results you know i i don't know anybody that didn't like the stability when they got it um mm-hmm. at worst you hear some people be a little neutral on it and be like eh, i think it's better i can't quite tell because it is putting and it's subtle um yeah yeah, and, and even difficult. Barney will will say that, and we've had him on the show, and he's like, you know, Barney, let's talk about your show. No, because most people won't even know the difference. I don't want to talk about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's and that's pretty much um, – they're, they're expensive. They're definitely very expensive. Yeah. Um, we have a commitment um, at Lab. Um, we are not upsellers. We're not trying um, – we're trying to get people to putt better. Um, and, uh, for a lot of people buying our putters is a major financial commitment. Um, and the stick that I have, you know, when people are asking, is the shaft really worth it? You know, I say, look, if, if, if you're well off, if money's not a big issue, absolutely go for it. I mean, even if it's 0.5% better, um, we're all trying to get 0.5% better. Um, and, you know, if it's uh, if it is going to you know have too much of an impact on on the wallet, then you know it might not be life changing. And the shafts that we do install, um, we do tip the crap out of them and make you know have have done our own kind of internal engineering on the on the putter to make it so that these steel shafts that we put um, in them, you know, for the DF it's a it's a KBS uh, CT tour shaft, and then for the Mez it's um, uh, sort of a modified true temper that we use. Both of them, you know, really, really stiff and very, very stable shafts. Okay, you gave a little tease there. Um, let's take another break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about the v- various putters that you have on the lab line um, because you've just introduced something new that is can quiet down a lot of people. No, <laughs> especially, doubt. especially the ones who want to pull out their phone. Take a picture of this thing, you know, the Starship Enterprise. So let's do that after this. I want to talk about the different putters that you have in your line because you don't have a, a huge selection of putters to go from. Um, mm-hmm. But I also want to make I want to talk about the fitting that you guys do. And I want to talk yeah. about the, the grips that you offer, because that's also a really special part of these putters. Absolutely. Um, uh, but let, let's start with what you, you, know, you started with. Uh, you know, and we really didn't even talk about, you talked about the device that helps you see oh, what the different putters do. Yeah, the reveal. Yeah. 
right? Which is also part of when I when I when I give my elevator pitch about the putter, I bring in the revealer. I talk about it heavily. Oh, I, I don't even. Yes, I, only because you asked it, I give you what I would say. But at this point, when people uh, um, ask me, I just pull up my phone and I just show them the video. It's just so much easier than yeah. sitting there like it's got this thing where it hangs and then you spin the thing and it does the stuff yeah. and the whatnot. It's just a pretty difficult thing to convey verbally. And um, I will put the, I'll put that video on our blog page from this oh, episode. Great. So Great. people can go check out and see what the revealer is and then share it with their friends too. So where do you want to start? You had a, you had a handful of things. That I you had to a touch handful on. and I hate asking multiple questions, but let, let's talk about um, the different putters that you have in the lab sure. line. So uh, the company started as directed force um, and the big branding iron spaceship horseshoe thing <laughs> that everybody knows um that was uh originally called the reno and that is that that putter is and will always be um our flagship model you can see here this is you know it's our logo yeah. it's um it's everything to us um it is a genius shape um it was designed by bill pressy who's the guy who invented the technology who we've um, had on the show because of you yeah. yeah and uh and you should have him back he's working on some very 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 cool stuff um well done. and uh he um so he uh, designed you know this putter and it has so many unique aspects to it um too many to get into but it's 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 genius you know there's so many lines and curves and contours that are you know would seem arbitrary um and they're not it's the most deliberate and um intentional putter design in history um and uh it is still even with the the release of um some some new stuff um the most technologically advanced putter on planet earth um it is the most forgiving it is the most stable it is the easiest to use um putter ever um however uh, as we know and as we've talked about um there's a whole lot of people for whom function is not everything. Right. So, um, the next putter that, uh, that lab released, um, was actually called the, uh, blade one, which was fairly short lived, um, for manufacturing reasons. It was very tough to keep it, um, in production and very difficult to balance. Um, so we, we made some modifications that came out with the B2. The B2, um, is, you know, a 180 uh, from the DF. It is the most pared down, a uh, simple putter that you can find anywhere. Um, it is basically a block of stainless steel on the end of a stick. Um, and so how uh, is that able to work with, with the revealer where other blade putters wouldn't? How, how well, are you able it's, to it's get same, that technology? Same technology apply. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's harder. I mean, that's, what's very surprising to most people, um, is, is that, you would think looking at the two that the, the, the directed force is the more complicated one to balance and to manufacture. Um, and it's in fact the opposite, the very simple B2, um, we have like no margin for error, um, on where we locate the shaft bore. Um, otherwise the thing just will not balance. And if it does wow. balance, it'll be way too heavy or way too lighter. So, you know, it's just, uh, it requires massive precision because, of how small the footprint is and how much how little room we have to move the the center of gravity around with um with weight and tungsten powder and stuff um but uh you know we wanted to cover that side of the spectrum and um 
uh, it's way easier on the eyes, um, particularly if you're somebody that's already used to playing with center shafted blade putters, um, which is tough for some. Visually, it's difficult when the shaft sort of uh, bisects the top line. But if you're comfortable with that, um, oh my God, is it clean? It's just such a simple, easy looking um, putter. It feels absolutely sweet because it's just completely solid stainless steel or brass. Um, it, uh, and it is lying angle balance. So same principles apply where you're just trying to kind of let the putter do its thing. It's trying to arrive back at square and you just have to let it, um, because of the lack of size and, uh, width and depth and length and all that, um, generally the experience is described as not as obvious. Um, the lying angle balancing, when you pull the directed force back, the minute you pull it back, you know, there's something different going on. You know, that it is swinging through the air in a different way than anything you've ever used before. Um, the blade is a little bit more up to you. It's not, um, it's not quite as on rails as the, um, as the DF is, um, uh, it spins a little easier. Um, if you're spinning it, it's not trying to spin, but if you're, you know, cranking it open and cranking it closed, you're going to have an easier time doing that with the blade than you will the, um, the DF. Um, but you know, it was a super duper simple design. Interestingly, not nearly as popular, um, amongst the general public, um, and significantly more popular, um, at the higher level. Um, the, uh, the, a lot of the tour guys, the DF is, is just too much putter for them to be pulling back on those, you know, super greasy greens. And, um, so we've had quite a few plays out on tour with, uh, um, with the blade, um, even got a, uh, really, really talented guy named Tane Lee, um, who just got uh, full status on the corn Ferry tour with, you know, made a beautiful 25 foot putt on the last hole to sneak into the top 10 by one, um, mm. and did so with his like. 7,000 pound brass B2. Um, yes, <laughs> such an unusual one of our putters. Um, but, uh, he uses that blade. Jimmy Walker was using the blade for a while and, um, a handful of other guys have, have, have dabbled with it. Um, but, uh, it still definitely got a lot of, um, a lot of grief with its oversimplification and how industrial and simple and, whatever you know um so we started work on a on a third model to to land somewhere in between um and what we came up with uh is called mez one um and here it is and it was uh um every putter we make is obviously going to be lying angle balance that's what we do um so that was a given um and then the rest of it was just trying to trying to help make the technology more accessible um and you know, I, we didn't want to completely just sell out and make a lie angle balance spider, um, like everybody seems to be doing. And, um, but we did want to make something that was familiar looking familiar enough that most people didn't have the just horrifying visceral reaction to, you know, seeing one of our putters. Um, but definitely still weird enough that, you know, you know, it's a lab. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's got some funny lines on it. It's the, the basic footprint is similar to like a, like an Odyssey number seven, a Fang style putter. Um, but we did some, some very interesting things, um, both to help us manufacture it a little easier. Um, and then also to, you know, expand people's minds on what's, uh, possible with some of the more conventional looking shapes. Now, what's funny is that, 
um, you know, I mentioned WRX. We just sent out 10 of these um, to another random group of WRXers, and that thread is now up. And cosmetically, with the directed force, the only uh, – the, the grief that we would get about how it looked was very simple. It would be, that thing is really ugly. And that would be the end of it, you know, (laughs) that would just be that, you know, there was no, um, there was no follow up, you know, whatever different criticisms of how it looks. It would just be a general good Lord, get that thing away from my eyeballs. And, um, (laughs) the, uh, the mess I just noticed in now we're uh, a week deep into, um, the testing thread going now that we have made something a little bit more conventional, we have a whole new world of armchair putter designers um, that are that are calling out these really specific things about the putter, which I just find so interesting, um, you know, because now there's something to compare it to, you know, so you're, we're getting direct comparisons, you know, to other putters that are out on the market, which the directed force never had to deal with. There wasn't, there was nothing to compare it to. It was, you know, an island unto itself. And, um, and now that the Mez has a little bit more of a familiar shape, you know, you got your yeah, I wish they would have sloped the fangs back a little bit more like the number seven, or I wish that the, you know, the, the points were a little closer together, like the, the ping version so that you could pick up the ball or, you know, everybody's got their two cents on, on how it should look. And, um, uh, overall, I'm still so pleased. I'm so tickled every time we, I, I pull it out of my bag. I've been using it for a while now. Um, and, uh, it's such an interesting design. The guy who, um, who, who predominantly did the design is a fellow named John Burquist, um, John has a putter brand called flux. Um, and you should check it out. F L U X. Um, he'd also probably be a good interview for you too. Cause he's been all over the industry. He was the fellow that took over as CEO of rife, um, after Gearin left, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, designed dozens and dozens and dozens of, of different rife putters, um, has, you know, incredible understanding of the industry and, um, from design to manufacturing to releasing all, all the stuff. He's, he's a total pro and, um, and has a very, very cool style. And, um, if you check out the flux stuff and you check out, uh, the Mez one that, uh, that he produced for us, you can see he's got a, a, a really beautiful design voice. Um, and we're just, super super stoked with the way this thing turned out well i'm excited to to get my hands on one mainly because uh my buddies and i for my friend's birthday bought him the mez one he's a terrible golfer he's not listening no, he's not listening he's a terrible golfer but he's good at putting he's okay at putting right um that's probably the best part of his game uh, because basically everything just rolls on the ground no matter what he does. So the putting he can do. And so we bought him the mess right. one and I can't wait to see. But it's like my first comment is, you still can't pick the ball up with this thing <laughs> when I saw No, it. because you can pick it out of the hole. Yeah, well, You'll you know, it when, out of the hole listen, my often. friends are in their, you know, they're on the back nine of life, let's just say. <laughs> and so bending over is something they try to avoid to do. I'll pick it up for you. It's okay. Um, oh my God. The, the number of discussions that took place inside the lab factory about the fact that this thing does not have a ball scoop. Um, I mean, months and months and months, it was a daily conversation and um, I held my ground and the I had a, I had a very easy way of getting around, you know, prioritizing the ball scoop, which was the number one selling putter in history. Let's yeah, let's give you a little quiz. Do you know what the number one selling putter in history is? Two ball. 
Correct. Has no ball scoop. Lucky guess. Um, <laughs> coming Lucky up, guess. coming up, coming up uh, uh, hard uh, behind it is the spider and the variation, the different variations sure. of the spider, which which also does not have a ball scoop. There you um, go. So uh, one of these days we'll make it a little easier. And by the way, your DF does have a ball scoop. You just gotta. We're just we're gonna yeah, train you on how I'm to about, use that. Thing. I'm about <laughs> one in six or seven times that I can get that to work. <laughs> Well, you know, That's you can just favorite. you just put something at the end of the grip just to flip the putter over and you know suck it up. So and do a suction uh, cup on this uh, on this mez thread. Um, yeah. People were bitching about how there's no ball scoop and um, oh that I have you know, to was one, one comment <laughs> after another, and then finally some dude was like, "If you guys care this much about a ball scoop, then you won't care about how ridiculous you're going to be putting this thing on the end of your grip because that's all you need." And he took a big picture of that suction cup thing, and <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "Here's your Absolutely. solution. Now shut up about the ball scoop." And I was like, "I love this guy." Um, but, <laughs> all um, right, I want to take last break here, and then when we yeah. come back, um, I still have questions about all three of of your putters um, and the shafting of it. So we'll do that after this. This week on Golf Smarter Mulligans is the first of two parts with clubmaker and golf instructor Rick Kosher, the golf better coach. It's really important for us to understand how many putts we're hitting. Mm -hmm. But I ask people to identify what their scoring clubs are in their bag, meaning which is the club in your bag that you feel very consistently you should be hitting the green with in regulation. Now, for some of us, it could be our five irons and on up. For many of us, it might be our nine irons through our wedges. And for others, it just may be a couple of wedges. All I ask is for you to count any stroke that you make with that as a scoring shot. So now at the end of the day, you have number of putts per round, and then you have number of scoring shots that you hit. And if you add the two of them together and divide by the total number of shots you've hit, you'll find that you end up with somewhere around 65, maybe even 70% of your overall game being consumed by all of your scoring shots. That's episode 144 of Golf Smarter Mulligans being released this Friday. Golf Smarter Mulligans are the best podcasts from the early episodes of Golf Smarter that are just no longer available on any podcast app. Please write a review, subscribe, and follow both of our golf podcasts so that you can hear the brand new episode when it becomes available. All the putters that you manufacture at Lab Golf, uh, the Blade 2, the B2 Blade, the DF2, mm -hmm. and now the Mez 1, M-E-Z-Z -Z 1, number mm -hmm. 1, um, they're all center shafted putters. Correct. Correct. Yes. Not, the, the they're location. not heel belt, heel shafted, which most people think that that's the best way to do that, uh, to, you know, for a putter to be. But why? Uh, it's the cornerstone of our technology. Um, to, in, in order to um, balance the putters the way we do and get them um, to have uh, the proper speed of rotation, which I'll let. Uh, bill expand on more than um than i would be able to uh we're, we're we're putting that shaft really 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 close not directly in but really really close um to the center of mass mm -hmm. um that's how you get them to do what they do and so 
Um, you know, down the road, there is some different ways that we could possibly, you know, move the shaft a little bit one direction or another and still achieve what we achieve. Um, but mostly doing it other ways, you can get close um, to what we do, um, but not all the way there. So uh, Adele, for instance, his torque balance line does have the shaft um, resting in the putter on the heel. It's bent in a way that effectively the shaft is pointing very near the center of, of gravity, the center of mass, the way that ours does. Um, but like I said, it gets gets you close. Um, the putter, his putter, you know, balances toe up. Um, so it would appear as though it balances the same way as ours, but as soon as you put it in motion, um, it's trying to torque. It's actually trying to, it, it'll, it'll open up. And then as soon as you start and transition down, it's actually trying to shut. Um, mm. So significantly less torque than, um, you know, a conventional putter, um, but there's definitely still torque. And then also because of where he's sticking the shaft, um, they had to remove so much weight from the, the toe um, in order to, to remove the torque that they did that you, you end up with some, uh, really unfortunate, um, results when you start getting away from the center of the putter. Um, whereas with ours sticking the shaft, the way that we do it, um, you just have, it, it gives you so much consistency across the face. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so much more forgiving and so much more balanced on either side of the, the shaft axis that, um, you know, as I'm sure you've discovered with your, you know, your directed force, you can catch it, a, you know, an inch out on the toe or the neck and feels clanky and crappy. And you look down in disgust and then you look up and lo and behold, the ball is still right next to the hole. Um, yeah. so that has a lot to do with where we stick that shaft, but, um, yeah, the short answer is the shaft needs to be where it is in order to achieve what we achieve. When I first started playing golf in my, in my forties, um, it always seemed to me to make sense that it should be in the center. Cause I'm looking right down the shaft at the ball as opposed to at the heel. And I didn't always hit it right in the center of the putter. Sometimes I hit it at the heel. Sometimes I hit it at the toe. And I know that if I had a heel shafted putter, that had a huge impact. But if I had right. the center shafted putter, it seemed to kind of work it out a little bit better. So I've always been a fan of center shafted. So when I, again, when I saw these, it was like, okay, this is really playing into my game. Uh, and, right. and, and it, and it, and it did. And it does continues to do yeah. so. And there's, the and there's, there's other merit to, to center, to center shafted yeah. stuff too. Just really quickly. I mean, um, you know, Adele again, um, uh, in conjunction with a fellow named David Orr, um, have done very, very, very extensive studies on, um, alignment, um, and what people see. And they, they proved pretty darn conclusively that a bullseye, which is almost as a, a true center shafted putter, um, is actually the most universally aimable putter in the world. Mm. Um, and people don't know that they aim it well because it's a little awkward to look at and whatever. But if you just test randomly people's ability to point that thing where they're trying to go, people aim a bullseye better than just about anything else in the world. Interesting. And the yeah. other part of the putters that you provide that's unique mm-hmm. is the grip. Um, yes. Because you've built the forward press into it. And I am now more, even with it, I'm more exaggerated on my forward lean than uh, on than ever before because now it's part of my rhythm, right? Right. One, two, three, four, and that's why I've gotten so much better on my shorter putts. Is because instead of like focusing on the hole and the hit and how hard I'm gonna hit it, it's like what's my rhythm, right? And it's right forward lean one, bring it back two, stroke three, lift head four. You know, it just. 
And that's just made life easier for me and less tense. Jesus, are you really thinking about all that when you're hitting a putt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I, I, I'll do oh, yeah. the courtesy of not letting you know what's going on in my mind when I'm hitting a putt. Um, okay. But, uh, <laughs> but let's talk um, about the, the grip. The grip. Yeah. So, um, the, and, and this is, you know, the other side of Bill's invention, um, and just absolutely straight up genius. Um, and grips have become a big deal in putting. Oh, you know, like I think when Mickelson first brought out that fact grip, and I think he was the one that everyone started paying attention to. It was KJ Choi. It was KJ Choi. KJ okay. Choi was the, was the first guy to do it. And he was using a big fat super stroke that they actually had to yeah. screw onto the shaft. Wow. Yep. Um, it was a two piece grip that, that, you know, they clamped <laughs> on either side of the grip and then screwed it, you know, put a screw through it to, oh to get gosh. it to go on. That was the beginning of, uh, of super stroke. But yeah, grips are a big deal now. Um, they can absolutely help. They're such a wonderful quick fix too. when you just want to feel something different, you know, to, um, like we were talking about before, just to change it up and change the feel, change the something just so that you're in discovery mode. A grip is a really cheap way to, you know, effectively grab yourself a new putter for a week. And, um, uh, and I'll, I'll touch on what our grips can do for other putters, but, uh, for what they do for ours, um, the, the, they were designed not to help people forward press the putter. Um, they were designed to deal with the ergonomic issues of sticking the shaft where we do. So we were just talking about a second ago, the shaft goes in the center of the, in, in the center of the head. Um, and so with something that has as big a footprint as the DF, um, you know, the shaft is a couple inches behind the face of the putter, which right. is totally the opposite of everything else we use, you know, p- at worst, you know, with putters that it sounds like you've used in the past, you know, the, the, the face is right on line with the shaft. And for the vast majority of putters out there, the face is actually even set behind the shaft and there's offset. Well, with our putter, the, the face is way in front of the shaft. Um, and, if you don't lean the shaft forward and you don't put a press grip on it, you now have a scenario where the face is arriving at the ball long before the hands do. Um, so kind of early in the arc and consequently, um, people miss putts to the right, um, when they have an onset putter without any lean and without a press grip. So, uh, uh, the Odyssey backstrike was a, a great example of that where, you know, they had done a pretty good job of reducing, not eliminating, but reducing torque with that putter. And it swung really nicely, and people could feel that when they uh, when they were using it. But they never caught on because unless you were somebody that really over rotated um, through impact, um, you were going to miss everything to the right. And the only person that I've seen, you know, from a, a long term, um, have success with with an onset putter without any of these ergonomic um, issues that we've solved with our press grip is Tommy Ganey. Uh, Tommy Two Gloves uses a, a backstrike putter, and I've seen the guy put up close, and he is. I mean, he is cranking that thing closed um, mm. through impact. So what Bill did, um, in order to get the hands back out over the face, um, he installed the shaft in the center of the head, but had it leaning forward um, one and a half degrees, so that right around somewhere between thirty-three and thirty-five inches, the top of the shaft was back over um, back over the putter face. Um, but now you've got this big head that's super flat on the bottom sitting all flush on the ground and you got a crooked shaft leaning forward. So in order to mitigate that, he invented the press grip, which then leans it back. So now your hands are positioned in a way relative to the face 
um, like they would be on any other putter. Your hands are, are, you know, in line with the edge of the the putter face. And so you don't have to deal with any of the issues, um, that onset would normally produce. Um, and the benefits of this with our putter, I mean, just one after another, like we're just all these happy accidents and like you get all the benefit of having a center shafted putter. But one of the things that a lot of people can't deal with looking at a center shafted putter, like I alluded to before is how visually the shaft will bisect the face. Um, it's very awkward to look at. Well, with our stuff, the shaft is so far away from the face that you actually get to see the entire putter, the whole right. putter face completely uninter- uninterrupted visually. And consequently for most people, it is really, really easy to aim. Um, yes. so yeah, so the, so the press grip was invented to, 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 um, give an ergonomic benefit to the directed force. Um, and then, you know, we started messing around with different, you know, varying amounts of tilt in the grip. We now have a three degree grip as well as a 1.5 degree grip. Um, and you can put it on your putter, you can, or on, on other putters besides a lab putter. Um, mm-hmm. And for the most part, we see really, really good results, particularly with um, Cameron um, is a great example where his, his stock loft is significant. Um, you know, I've pulled some putters off the shelves, um, Camerons that have, you know, as much as four and a half degrees of loft on it, which unless you do have a pretty true built-in shaft lean forward press motion going on with your putter, that's a lot of loft. Um, and so, uh, you can put one of these grips on there and that'll help kind of effectively scrub some of the loft off of your putter. Um, and then additionally, what I see when people are looking down at a shaft that's leaning forward, um, I think that there's a, there's a visual reaction, um, that is beneficial. When I see people leaning the shaft forward, I typically see a much more of a low to high, um, kind of stroke pattern. And so, you know, the benefits of these grips are, are all over the place. And consequently, some of the major, you know, box stores stuff, um, one of them that doesn't even carry our putter, um, does carry our grip. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's another alternative. I, you know, I wouldn't say that putting a press grip on, on your putter is going to be permanently life-changing. But like I said, sometimes changing a grip um, just changes your whole outlook on life. And so, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it, uh, this is a good option for that. Yeah. It was making me think that it could be the iPhone of your Apple line. You know, it's like that we're a computer company. Oh yeah. We'll have this phone. And it just kind of took over the world where, you know, your, uh, putters at labgolf.com. Um, you, you buy them online. You don't, you can't go to your store and try them out. You, you buy them online, but your grips. No, you can be, Oh, you can. You have them in store. You have them in retail. Oh, absolutely. Locations? Yeah, we have. Oh, um, fabulous. Oh, absolutely. I thought it was just direct yeah, we have to the, consumer. Nope, nope. We uh, glad uh, I straightened no, that we've out. Got them at every. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, we have a little over three hundred different green grass facilities that carry our putters, um, and okay. the PJ Tour Superstore um, oh, wow. has them at every single location. Um, Great. And then they're also just now starting uh, superstores uh, doing like. Um, trying to get in the game with the custom fitting stuff. Um, and they have uh, superstore studios, they're calling them now. Um, and they just ordered up all the fitting kits and everything, uh, to be able to fit our putters there. So you can touch and feel it at, you know, all your superstores and stuff. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, I I like that analogy of the iPhone as it relates to Apple. And (laughs) Bill actually always said, he always thought that, uh, he always thought the bigger, the bigger impact on the industry would be, uh, would be the grip and time will tell. We'll see. 
Well, who knows? Um, and then, so when we bought our friend, the, the putter, um, I had, I was having lunch with them and I was like, Hey, you know, listen, I, I just finished this interview with a guy and, and we're, we're doing this giveaway, but I need a, a, a guinea pig for, um, on how to fit a putter. He's like, sure. What do you need? I'm like, just take my putter. And I gave him mine and I said, just stand in front of this doorway and just, I'm going to shoot a short video. I'm going to put it on my website. And he's like, sure. No problem. Well, when we gave him the putter, we said, you know, remember that time that you were my guinea pig? Actually, you were the subject. And oh, that's the, hilarious. The I was fitting... wondering how you guys were going to trick him into to yeah, shoot exactly. the remote Luckily, fitting video. I have the podcast to fall in. It's like, I need this for something else. Um, but the fitting process is unique and special and valuable. Talk about your fitting Absolutely. process. Absolutely. Um, it is the coolest, and it's one of the things that does enable us to to send very customized, um, personalized putters uh, direct to consumer. Um, we do have them in stores, but we also do, yeah, most of our businesses is people buying them right through the website. Um, with the directed force, um, it is so big and so flat on the bottom um, that dialing in the lie angle is absolutely essential. And um, Bill invented a process called remote fitting that um, enables us uh, to do what you did. You, you, um, the instructions are right at the top of the homepage uh, under fitting. Um, but in a nutshell, um, we have a, a subject um, putting towards the camera um, and in the background uh, behind where they're putting, uh, we need like a hard right edge, like a, a door frame or a window frame or a baseboard or um, something that gives us a hard right edge. Um, we analyze the stroke. We um, we have an app that we use that um, helps us draw some lines all over these videos to determine what we think is going to be the most optimal lie angle. Um, and uh, it is staggeringly accurate. Um, we have no issues, uh, with the remote fitting and it's such a different process that, that we definitely have a lot of skeptical people. I mean, that's, that's every five questions on these WRX threads is people going, you know, does the remote fitting really work? And then, you know, 15 people will follow up. You're like, bro, so easy, you know, <laughs> uh, putter showed up and laid down perfectly. I never, you know, didn't have an issue. And so, um, it's a remarkable process. And what, um, uh, what allows us to do that where that other companies can't do that for is that um, because we're not fitting a putter around a false narrative about what type of torque profile is going to be most optimal for you, all that matters for me is comfort. And so, you know, we're, we're very clear in the instructions for this remote fitting, like stand however you want to stand. You know, like if you've always wanted to putt all bent over or with your hands super high or super low, you totally do you and be as comfortable as you possibly can. And that's how we're going to fit the putter rather than, you know, a lot of these fitting platforms where you walk into some of these custom studios. Holy Moses, are they looking at data points that I just can't possibly imagine are consistent from them standing on a six foot mat in the store? to how they're actually putting out on a golf course. Right. Um, and so, you know, none of those data points for us really matter. Comfort right. is king. And so this remote fitting, you're in your own home with your own putter, um, wearing your pajamas if you want to. Please wear pants. You'd be surprised at how many. No. Late, late, oh, yeah. Uh, we, have, we have a Hall of Fame remote fitting video file. It's amazing. 
<laughs> I'm not even going to ask to share that. <laughs> they are remarkable. Um, but no, for the most part, they, they go pretty smooth and most people are dressed. And um, yeah, and it, and it takes 24 hours, you know, you, you're, or, or the fitting, the, you're, the, you know, the, the customer side of it is 45 seconds at the end of your round. I mean, that, that's probably half the videos that we get um, are people sitting in the bar after they seemingly oh. just got their ass kicked from their friends who said, I want to get that putter. And they say, you got to do a remote fitting. And so we have, you know, friend who owns the putter doing the remote fitting in the bar after the round. Oh, that's um, very funny. Um, uh, so yeah, that's where a lot but of it's got to be indoors because you got to have that line. Right. Exactly. Right. Wow. Well, listen, uh, fingers crossed. 2022 is going to be a huge year for you guys. You're at labgolf.com, social media, YouTube, just uh, golf works, GLF WRX. Yeah, GLF WRX. Yeah, golf works has yeah. some great information. Um, labgolf.com. We have it's a really really in depth website. Um, we have stock versions of the putter available for a little cheaper. You can customize each one of our models to the nth degree and make it exactly how you want it. We got all the different shafts available now. We got different sight lines, different face milling. Um, all kinds of stuff that, uh, that's a lot of fun. And even, even if you don't end up buying a putter, the site's a blast. Yeah. And, and let me just throw this in that, you know, you talk about, yes, they are expensive putters, but let's talk about this. Is it really going to make a big difference in your entire life? Whether you spend a couple more bucks on a putter and the satisfaction it's going to bring you that if over that year that you've amortized the cost of this in your head, that you're going to be dropping multiple strokes in your game figure that one out it's no contest and then I mean, particularly right, particularly really when you no start contest. thinking about how much you're spending on the driver that is doing exactly nothing for you other than being different for six hundred dollars what about um, all the money no, you're I mean, losing they, on the golf course i mean like don't you want to win bingo. some money that's those are my favorite <laughs> when people are on the on social media and you know some guy chimes in like you know 600 bucks for a putter get real and like, dude you just lost 100 bucks in a round chime in exactly and you'll have a half a dozen people chiming in saying i made my money back on this putter in about two weeks and, wow uh, with all the money they, with all the money they took from their friends and um and by the way if you uh if people do want to get into it but the price is prohibitive um forging a putter uh is really really difficult and we get um with the directive forces of forge putter we um get these tiny little blemishes on them sometimes um that are almost completely unnoticeable um but we don't feel comfortable selling them as a new putter for you know five to a thousand dollars um and so uh we call them factory seconds and we created a whole separate website that is labgolfoutlet.com um, these are pre-built putters that are ready to go. So you can go to the website, um, and do the remote fitting. So you get your specs and then go to the outlet site, plug in your specs and see what pops up. So labgolfoutlet.com has all kinds of awesome deals. You know, there's directed forces on there for, you know, 250 to some of them all souped up with the fancy shafts and stuff like that, all the way to, you know, 500 that normally would be a thousand bucks. Whoa, I'm glad I pursued this conversation as far as I did to get that information. That's huge. Yeah, it's really cool. It's been a, it's been super super helpful and such an easier way for, you know, people buying a putter site unseen um for a reasonable prices. It's, yeah, it's been very cool. labgolfoutlet.com. Correct. And labgolf.com. Correct. Awesome. Happy New Year, buddy. 
Hey, happy new year to you, Fred. Thanks so much for having me on. And uh, you keep me posted on your progress with the putter and I want to hear how your buddy does. Stay healthy, my friend. You too. Today's episode was introduced by Bill Hilton of Naperville, Ohio, which completes the first 10 Golf Smarter listeners to introduce the show. And thanks to each one of you. But after our random drawing, the winner of a box of Titleist AVX golf balls, brand new ones with the Golf Smarter logo, is David Kern of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Congratulations, David. And thanks so much for your participation. But we're upping the ante. I'd like you to intro our podcast with your name, where you're from, and where you play most often. And if you do, you're going to receive a one-year membership for Dynamic Golfers, valued at $90. Now that's a prize you can use and not lose. (laughs) To enter, click on the Hey Fred button at golfsmarter.com and let me know that you'd like to introduce our next episode. I'll assign you an episode number, then you just call our toll-free Golf Smarter listener line to record your show open. It's going to be fun. And you can tell your friends you're on the show. <laughs> and you'll get a year at Dynamic Golfers. So I read an interesting piece on Golf.com titled, Low Handicappers Do This One Thing Much Better Than Higher Handicaps. And of course, we assume that putting better is the key to lower scores. But according to these statistics... An eight handicap averages 0.8 birdies per round, and a 26 handicap averages 0.1 birdies per round. So anywhere from an eight handicap to a 26 handicap, they're all getting less than one birdie per round. Then what's the difference to lower your scores? Well, check this out. An 8 handicap averages 1.9 double bogeys per round, and a 26 handicap averages 6.1 double bogeys per round. Amazing! Yet, when you think about it, it's pretty obvious. But what's the lesson here? Well, we've been saying it for years. Never follow a bad shot with a stupid shot. So rather than making shots that you've never practiced, or have a low probability of success... To avoid those big numbers, you need to golf smarter. Now, I'm not sure if you listen to other golf podcasts, and that's okay. I'm not too jealous, but whatever they are, there's a good chance that Golf Smarter is the only one you listen to that made the short list of eight in the golf podcast category for the inaugural Sports Podcast Awards. Please help us get noticed. Go to sportspodcastawards.com and vote for Golf Smarter a lot before March 1st, 2022. Hopefully your votes will take us to the top of the list when the winners are announced. If I win, that's great. If I don't, I made the short list. That's pretty damn good. Anyway, I'll leave a link in the show notes and on our website that will allow you to log in and vote for your, hopefully, your favorite golf podcast. I've been telling you about our latest podcast, all the F-words from Smarter Podcast Network, but there's something even more recent to share with you. There's a new buzzword floating around the internet and the investment world these days, NFTs. Have you heard about them? NFTs? Non-fungible tokens? Uh, Trust me, I'm not going to try to explain what it is, but we do have a new podcast called Crypto Changemakers that brings NFTs, artists, entrepreneurs, and nonprofits to the same table. 
Here's the opening of the first episode that explains it way better than I can with your host, my son, Danny. From Luna for Good, I'm Danny Green. This is Crypto Changemakers, a podcast where we hear from social entrepreneurs, creators, and artists who are using blockchain technology and NFTs to do good in the world. I'll try my best to not use any jargon because I really want to tell this story that crypto is unlocking new possibilities in philanthropy, equity and diversity, and financial inclusion. Though NFTs and cryptocurrencies can be bought and sold, this show is not financial advice. Today we are learning about how nonprofit organizations can accept cryptocurrency donations. Pietro Moran is the Partnerships Manager at The Giving Block. Over the last three years, The Giving Block has helped nonprofits raise millions of dollars from Bitcoin, Ether, and other cryptocurrencies. They offer a simple donation widget that can be added to the nonprofit's website and can auto-convert the crypto to dollars so that the nonprofit receives the donation as a wire into their bank account and never has to deal with the cryptocurrency. What I found most impressive from this conversation is that 80% of the donations actually come through the Giving Block's website, meaning that these donations are coming from new donors. Pietro, I'm so excited to have you here today on the podcast. 